2: I wash my hands of this witness.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix radio show. It is Friday, March 19th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy crazy world. Joined by my co-host Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing today?
1: Hey, doing great, buddy. It is Friday, feeling good, feeling pumped up, ready for the weekend, buddy. How about you?
0: You know, ready for the weekend as well. I'm actually headed down to go see my boys in Southern California. Many of the businesses down there are actually open, so we can eat inside a restaurant. We can go to the movies. We can do things that uh, I wasn't able to do before. Uh, but uh, definitely going to be so happy to see them and hang out with them over the weekend.
1: That's going to be awesome, man. Do you have? Uh, are you going to go walk like Downtown Disney, anything like that? We're
0: going to go to the movies, and then I think what I'm going to do either Saturday or Sunday is take them up to Hollywood to the Funko headquarters and see if we can do a Funko pop of ourselves, uh, basically for me and the boys. So uh, hopefully they're open, hopefully they're taking reservations, and uh, that'll be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, keep me posted on how that goes. That sounds awesome.
0: Absolutely. Well, folks, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host, Tony, if you were saving up for a down payment on a new car, how would you go about getting the money f- to do so?
1: Um, You know, I'd, I'd work the corners, you know, I, I'd spread myself out a bit, uh, do a little here, do a little there. No. Hard work, buddy. You save your money. Hard work. That's the, that's the correct way to do it. But Man. I got a feeling, knowing your stories, we're about to go down a dark and seedy path. So let's roll.
0: You know me so well. Yeah, uh, you know, some people just don't do it the right way. For instance, out of Lubbock County, Texas, prosecutors said he drove a vehicle loaned to him by a car dealership to rob a bank in Texas and brought the money back to try and use a down payment on a BMW. Now, Eric Dion Warren is headed to prison. Warren, who pleaded guilty <laughs> to bank robbery, has been sentenced to 20 years in federal prison. According to court documents, it was during the summer of 2019 when Warren went into a bank in Woolforth, Texas, and walked up to a teller. The 50-year-old then put a bag from a fast food restaurant and a note on the counter. The note read, this is an effing robbery. Play with me and die. I want $10,000 in 50 and $100 bills. Now you got one minute or I will kill you. After showing the teller the note, Warren pulled out what looked like a handgun and said, I ain't playing around, I only want 150s. The teller gave Warren money from her drawer, including stacks of $20 bills with recorded serial numbers. Warren later admitted that after getting the car, uh sorry, getting the cash, he drove away in a vehicle that had been loaned to him by a car dealership. He had been there earlier and was in the process of finalizing the sale of a BMW. Officials say it was about 15 minutes after the robbery when Warren went back to the dealership in the loaned vehicle and began waving around cash, literally. He eventually went into the finance office and tried to finalize the purchase of the BMW with a $3,000 cash down payment. Things began to fall apart for the robber when an employee at the dealership got a call informing him about the recent bank robbery, all while Warren was still there. The employee called police after realizing the description of the vehicle used in the robbery matched the one loaned to Warren. When Warren was arrested, he had more than $5,000 with him, and their serial numbers matched those stolen from the bank. Police also found a painted pellet gun resembling a real handgun when they arrested Warren. So uh, essentially what he did was he borrowed a car from the BMW dealership, took it to go rob a bank for the down payment for that car, brought it back, tried to make the down payment, and obviously, it didn't work out for him. But how dumb! Do you do?
1: What an idiot! Burn! <clears throat> just stupid! Absolutely stupid!
0: Eh, you know, it takes all kinds. And of course, without stories like this, we wouldn't be able to kick off the show. This every is day.
1: true. You know, and that guy. Good luck in. Good luck in jail, you idiot. Go! You're just not bright. Not bright no. at all.
0: Nope, not bright at all. What is bright is today's show. It is a Friday. Let's talk about today's show, shall we?
1: It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the
0: weekend. weekend. We're looking forward to the weekend, but not before we bring you good news, everyone. We have a segment called Bad Plot Descriptions. Our call-in topic today is Proud Pet Parent. The G-Man is joining us back with G-Man's matchups. We're taking a look at the NCAA March Madness. We round out the day with This Day in History. And Tony is up next with the entertainment news. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And we've got a little thing we talk about each day. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you stole a car to go rob a bank to go buy that car we want to know about it give us a call on the phoenix line at 855 phoenix radio that's 855 f-e-n-i-x r-d-o or 855-336-4973 all we ask is that you keep it entertaining we'll compile those together put them out in a future show now it is the second segment of this show that means tony's here with the entertainment news
1: Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, March 19th, and here's your Filippo Fast Five plus one bonus. Woo! I jumped the gun there. Yeah, you're all good, man. Since G-Man's on the show later today, this is just going to be a real sports-centric entertainment Fast Five plus one. Uh, Bills and wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders reached an agreement on a one-year $6 million deal that includes... $500,000 in incentives. So, Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Josh Allen, the Bills offense, Red Hot, man. Red Hot.
0: They're going to be tough next season.
1: Speaking of Red Hot, the New England Patriots are just spending, 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 and they strike again as the Patriots are signing former Chargers tight end Hunter Henry to a three-year, $37.5 million deal, including $25 million guaranteed Free agencies: top two tight ends, both Henry and Jonu Smith, both wind up in New England. Who's laughing now? <laughs> former, former Cowboys quarterback and Bengals quarterback Andy Dalton is signing a one-year $10 million deal uh, with the Chicago Bears with a chance to earn $3 million in incentives. Bears fans are pissed because they're now collectively out of the Deshaun Watson talks and uh, the trades for Russell Wilson fell through. So, that sucks. But what doesn't suck is our Denver Broncos have picked up the option to uh, for Von Miller. So, we get him for another season. So, number 58, coming back to wreak havoc. He's healthy. Hopefully, him and Chubb can cause a lot of havoc this year. Oh, be fun to watch. Yep. And then 49ers fans will be happy to know that Trent Williams has signed a six-year, $138.6 million contract. Massive deal. Trent Williams staying in San Francisco. That's all your free agency sports-related entertainment news. Now, let's see what we've really got in the entertainment world of things, shall we? All right. So we'll go over to a little movie news at first. And this movie news uh, has a little something to do with Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. So over the past few years, Disney has gone to some impressive lengths to bring its iconic stories to a new generation utilizing live-action animation or a combination of the two to remake some of its classic properties. Among the ever-growing list is set to be Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which will be a live-action animated hybrid film that will provide a new take on the iconic chipmunk duo. Ever since Disney Plus film was officially announced at the Disney Investor Day last year, along with its unexpected all-star casting crew, fans have been excited to see how the project will take shape, and it looks like we're one step closer to that. On Tuesday, a social media post from The Lonely Island, which is the comedy group of Saturday Night Live alums Andy Samberg, Jorma Tacone, and Akiva Schaefer revealed that their filming of the project has officially begun. The Lonely Island, whose previous big screen adventures include Popstar, Never Stop Stopping, and Hot Rod, both very funny movies, by the way, yep. are involved with Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers reboot in front of and behind the camera. Sandberg is set to voice Dale in the film uh, with fellow SNL alum and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse star John Mulaney voicing Chip. Schaefer, whose directing credits also includes Popstar and I Think You Should Lead with Tim Robinson, will be helming the film. Chippendale Rescue Rangers will be written by Dan McGregor and Doug Mann with Batman v Superman Don of Justice Larry Fong serving as cinematographer. Are you excited to see the new take on Chippendale Rescue Rangers? Share your thoughts with us below, Phoenix fans, in the comments, and uh, let us know. Christian, is this something that you – this this appeals to you maybe with who's involved?
0: Well, yeah. So uh, being the fact that it's Disney – there's one thing, you know, the fear is that it'll turn into like a Tom and Jerry, you know, the movie that's out right now and not be all that great. But with the Lonely Island involved, uh, it's, it's going to be hilarious. I mean, John Mulaney, Andy Samberg, they're all hilarious. Uh, I can't wait to see what they put out.
1: Oh, I think it's going to be good. You got Andy Samberg in it. It sounds good. I I like when I read the article and I saw Batman v Superman. I'm like, uh oh. But if it's the cinematographer, that's fine because the cinematography in that piece of crud movie actually was good. So, yep. so I think this will be fun and entertaining, and uh, it's got to be Tom and Jerry, right? Like I actually like Chip and Dale. I never liked Tom and Jerry ever. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, it's ever. Disney, you know. Yeah. Disney rarely misses a step.
1: Rarely. So that'll be good. I look forward to it. Now we do have to wait till twenty twenty two, but. Hey, at least it's being filmed, which means we're one step closer in the direction of getting new movies, original content, all that good stuff. So look forward to that. Now, also in movie news, um, this is not 100% confirmed, but uh, Rob Zombie uh, has always been open about the fact that he's a huge fan of classic sitcom The Munsters. He's written songs inspired about the show include, and, uh, and he said he's watched every episode of the series at least 17 times. He even recorded a Blu-ray commentary to the film Munster Go Home with cast member Butch Patrick. And yet I would still be shocked if Universal entrusted Zombie to write and direct a new feature film of the Munsters. Uh, well, according to that, that's just what might be happening. So as it's rumored... According to um, uh, Murphy's Multiverse, um, zombie regulars Jeff Daniel Phillips and Sherry Moon Zombie have been cast as Herman and Lily Munster, and they'll be joined by... yeah. (laughs) Sherry
0: Moon Zombie in in
1: a movie directed by Rob Zombie? I'm shocked. You should be shocked. She's such a great actress, right? They'll be joined by the cast of Daniel Roebuck, Jorge Garcia, Richard Brake, and Cassandra Elvira-Peterson... Filming is supposedly going to begin in Budapest, Hungary, in May. Um, this, uh, I, you got the right person for the job for this. Uh, Munsters coming back. What say you?
0: You know, we know he can direct horror films. He, you know, he's got that under his belt. He does very well with those. But can he do a comedy? I don't know. I guess we'll see.
1: We'll find out. I think with the flavor, if the fact that he's seen each thing seventeen times. He knows the source material. I mean, yeah. he wrote Dracula based off uh, Grandpa Munster's car, right? Like, that right. was their thing. Exactly. And and they even were in the video. Like, it didn't have, like, the Frank... I don't know who the Frankenstein character was. But it was, like, in, the- in Dragula, it just kept showing the car spinning out and he was freaking out in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Still, though, so- yeah. You know, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, he knows the source material, but uh, you know what? I will reserve judgment. I was never a big Munsters fan growing up. I was more Adam's family, but uh, yeah, we will see.
1: We shall see. Um, Have you listened on a side note? Did you listen to his new album? This the something, something, something Kool-Aid man, whatever the album's called. I just know it It has Kool-Aid in it.
0: I haven't yet. In fact, I was waiting uh, for my drive down to uh, California to listen hey, to Hey,
1: California, it. you're going to listen to the Rob Zombie, get to the baggy of the Dracula.
0: Exactly. Oh.
1: All mm-hmm. right. Hey, were you a Toys R Us kid growing up?
0: Oh, mommy, wow. <laughs> wow, well, I mean, guess, guess what?
1: Toys R Us is back again. Woo-hoo! Third time. Toys R Us is looking to mount another comeback. The retail chain is planning to open stores in North America under the new ownership of WHP Global, a New York-based brand management company. WHP announced Monday in a press release that it has acquired the controlling interest in True Kids, the parent company of Toys R Us, Babies R Us, and Jeffrey the Giraffe Brands. We're in the brand business, and Toys R Us is the single most credible, trusted, and beloved toy brand in the world. WHP Chairman and CEO Yehida Shidman said, We're coming off a year where toys are just on fire, and for Toys R Us, the US is really a blank canvas. Shidman, I got his name's hard to say. Shidman laid out a plan for Toys R Us stores to reopen in North America sometime ahead of the coming holiday season. These locations could take form of flagships, pop-up, airport shops, or mini stores within other retailers according to the company's early plans. Toys R Us closed 700 final stores in North America in June 2018, nine months after it filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Together, their presence had diminished domestically. Toys R Us and Babies R Us together still have 900 branded stores across 25 countries worldwide. WHP said the Toys R Us brand generates more than $2 billion in retail sales since the retailer's original closures. The company launched two pop-up locations in Houston, Texas, and Paramount, New Jersey during the holiday season in 2019. The Stoys the Stoys, yeah, that's a stoys. word. The stores were intended to reinvent the retailer's brand, um, offering more floor space to allow consumers to test products hand on. Both locations shuttered as a result of bad foot traffic, a problem was uh, right before the COVID-19 pandemic. So let us know below if you're excited about Toys R Us. Christian, is this something you think will be successful? Should they do a uh, full-blown thing? And what do you think?
0: You know, I was thinking about this. I saw that news article yesterday. And, uh, you know, they need to make sure they don't fail in the same way the last two attempts have. You know, don't make it just a flat-out generic toy store give it a niche make it like a collector's store so yeah yes. you've got the new toys that come out but then you've got like the high-end collectibles or the things that uh, people are are seeking out or older retro toys things along those lines that you know really the older toy collector will go after and of course they bring their kids along with them if that's what they're going to do I, I could see it succeeding if not then uh you know it, it may go the way of blockbuster
1: Absolutely, I feel the same way. Got to have those special collectors' toys. Make it a destination stop. Don't oversaturate and be price competitive. Video games make them about the price of Walmart, and you're in good shape. So exactly. All right. Well, that's it for your entertainment news today. Let's roll on to the birthday, shall we? It's my birthday. It's my birthday. Yeah, it's some famous ass birthdays today. Gippy Kaye, Mr. Falcon, John, Harry, I'm never aging. Stamper McLean, aka Bruce Willis. He's not seeing dead people. He's 65. He looks the same, man. Yeah, he does. All-star MLB pitcher who won the 2011, 2013, 2014 National Cy Young Awards, 2014 NL MVP award with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and he helped the Dodgers win the World Series. Clayton Kershaw is 32. This birthday girl has been nominated for seven Academy Awards, but has never won. Maybe that's what caused her to become a Cruella and go all fatal attraction on uh, Michael Douglas. Glenn Close to 73. Longtime head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, who led the team to five NFC championship games, one Super Bowl, where he lost to the Patriot, Tom Brady and the Patriots. He became head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs in 2013, won his first Super Bowl, And then as the Chiefs defeated the Niners in 54, Super Bowl 54, only to lose in Super Bowl 55 to Tom Brady and the Bucks. Mr. Andy Reid is 62. Two special shout-out birthdays. My buddy Dave Henrock Henriquez, the guitarist formerly of our cast and now of a band called Hand of the Tribe. It's his birthday today. And then the man, the myth, the legend, our buddy Denny Shipley. His birthday is Sunday, but we don't air on Sunday So happy birthday. That's your celebrity and local celebrity birthdays. Happy birthday.
0: Right on. Well, that does it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it is time for good news, everyone. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these messages.
1: After these
0: messages, we'll be right back. Everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com/slash phoenix media radio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show. Indeed, this is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And many of you are watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. We're all over social media. And you can get a hold of me on social at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K. Phoenix with an F. Radio, of course, with an R. or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony is available at facebook.com forward slash tony.sanfilippo. That's S A N F I L I P P O dot nine four or on Instagram at tony.sanfilippo eighty one. Now, being that it's Friday and there's so much negativity and bad news and vitriol out there that we like to turn the tables a little bit, take you into the weekend on an up note with a segment we like to call Good News, Everyone. So I'll go ahead and start off with my good news story. Every morning when Steve Nava went to work, he'd see someone sleeping in their car in a parking lot. It would be a few weeks before he learned he knew the man. I noticed that he had all of his belongings in his car, and that's when I realized he was homeless, Nava told NBC Los Angeles, an affiliate in Southern California. He also realized the man was his former substitute high school teacher, Jose Villaruel, also known as Mr. V., Via Ruel stopped working once the schools went to virtual sessions last year and has since experienced housing insecurity. Once Nava spoke to Via Ruel and realized the connection, he helped his former teacher find a hotel and gave him $300. I had a mission to help the teacher who was going through a difficult time during the pandemic, he said. Nava added, I spoke to Mr. V and he told me that the only source of income was a monthly social security check and that most of the money was sent to his wife, who was very ill in Mexico. When rough weather would pass by, Ruel would tell himself, I must not give up, I have to go on and on and do what I have to do for this stage to pass. But Nava wasn't done yet with getting his former teacher through this trying time. He then took to Twitter to ask his community for help. He also started a GoFundMe. Mr. V was a great, funny, and helpful educator and substitute teacher in the Fontana Unified School District, Nava wrote. He struggled with getting back on his feet after the pandemic hit and has been living in his car ever since, despite the brutal weather and living conditions. This fundraiser is to help him out financially and to get him back to normal life. Responses and support fled Nava's Twitter feed, with some saying they remembered Via Ruel very fondly. Others applauded Nava for his effort. Thank you, Uh, Thank you being such a hero in our community and looking out for those that need our help, wrote Claudia Gonzalez. You are a fine example of what it means to unselfishly look out for those in need and uh, support and for a bit of humanity. The GoFundMe has raised over $27,000 so far, surpassing Nava's original goal of $15,000. On Via Ruel's 77th birthday this week, Nava gathered former students to celebrate with their former teacher. I want him to feel that he's cared and loved by all those who he had helped along the years, Nava wrote on Twitter. At the party, Via Ruel was presented with a $27,000 check. Via Ruel's response Am I dreaming? It is an experience of my life that will be kept for the rest of my life. I carry it in my heart, he said. I felt that something was going to happen, that things were going to change, and it happened suddenly when I least expected it. I tell the students when they have a project, keep going despite the difficulties, don't give up, do not give up, do not quit. What a lovely, inspiring story for not even just a former teacher, a former substitute teacher who apparently had a big enough impact on you know this guy's life that uh, you know not only was he willing to give him money out of his own pocket... But to go as far as, you know, starting a GoFundMe campaign and and reaching out to the community on Twitter, raising $27,000 to get him back on his feet is something I would certainly consider.
1: Good news, everyone. That's very good news there, Christian. Um, Mine's just kind of a random story, but it is a good story. And uh, it's a brave Navy sailor recently plunged into choppy waters to rescue kittens from a burning ship off the coast of Thailand. 23-year-old Thatsfon Sali received the emergency call and dove into the water while still wearing his pants to swim over to the wreckage. All eight crew members were already escaped. They had already escaped the Inferno and been picked up by a passing fishing boat. However, four terrified kittens, four little kittens, are you kidding me, were left (laughs) behind. They moved to the bow and were left clinging to the crane structure as the flames rapidly engulfed the ship. Heroic fat spawn swam fifty feet through rough seas before he climbed aboard the sinking ship and put three cats into an old rice sack. The other kitten he carried was on his shoulder, and the cat looks frightened. It's like holding his ear. It's like, and he's like, <laughs> he's just like, this yes, is great. The sailor emerged from the trembling moguls and paddled with them in his arms and back to the navy vessel. The kittens were dehydrated and given fresh water while they recovered on board. The boat, an old fishing vessel, was left to burn and sink into the depths near the island of Koh Adang. Thatsin, who's part of Royal Thai Navy's Air and Coastal Defense Command Operation Unit 491, said, "When we arrived, it was se- it was to secure the wreckage and check for oil spills. But we noticed the cats on board. I immediately took off my shirt and put on a life jacket so I could jump into the sea." The flames were at the back of the boat, but it was starting to sink, so I knew I had to be quick. I'm so relieved that we were able to save the kittens. They would have drowned or died of thirst if they went into the sea. All four kittens are now fully recovered from their adventure on the high seas with Navy officials currently looking after the little cats at their office. So um, just an awesome deal there, man. This uh, picture just shows the ship sinking and these four cats perched up. And the fact that he didn't even hesitate to go save them, you know, never mind, like, putting the cats in a sack. You had to figure, like, these cats would claw at him, or, you know, what the heck's going on. But, or even the one cat he put on his shoulder is just impressive. But this guy didn't blink. He just went in, saved them. And, you know, those cats uh, hopefully will find nice homes. But uh, I think, you know, that's just awesome. It's very humane of, uh, you know, good human there. Just Exactly. Very selfless. Doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, very sweet story. I mean, anybody who goes out of their way to help, you know, animals in need, I certainly have a soft spot for running a a dog rescue nonprofit. Um, You know, what more could you ask for from a human being? I'd certainly say that. Absolutely. Four. Good news, everyone. All right, folks. Well, we are headed into our break. When we come back, we've got a segment called Bad Plot Descriptions. It's a little game I'll be playing with Tony over there. So uh, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. <laughs> Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Phoenix Media radio. Now back to the show. We are back, folks, to the final segment of the first hour of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. But do not fret, there is still plenty ahead with our second hour, including the G-Man joining us for his matchups, taking a look at the NCAA March Madness. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or... Head over to wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 and all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends, because sharing is caring. Now, in the segment that I've titled Bad Plot Details, we're going to play a little game with Tony. I'm going to give Tony the uh, bad plot description and you're going to try and guess the movie based on that bad plot description. Ooh, I like it. All right. And they're all popular movies. They could be live action, they could be animated. So uh, it runs the gamut, but they are popular. So it's not going to be, uh, you know, obscure movies. Okay. So let's go ahead and start off with this uh, first description, see if Tony can get close. It says Rich kid leaves home due to an abusive uncle, gets adopted by nihilistic gay couple.
1: Hmm.
0: Repeat it one more time. Rich kid leaves home due to abusive uncle, gets adopted by nihilistic gay couple.
1: It's not it, but I'm thinking Harry Potter, because, like, Harry's uncle was such a dick. And then he left, and then he just went off, like, he just moved off to the Wizards, but I don't know.
0: Well, it's a good guess. We were looking for the Lion King. And if you think about it, it makes sense. So uh, left home because of his uncle Scar. Adopted oh, yeah. Timon and Pumbaa, who uh, have a uh, a relationship that, uh, you know.
1: Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase.
0: Exactly. All right, let's move on with our next bad plot description, see if Tony can uh, figure it out. This one is a little bit of play on words. It is fee-male. I think fee f e. Dash male.
1: Female.
0: I'll give you a hint, Tone. Think the periodic table. Mm,
1: the story of pi, or the element of pi. Uh, <laughs> the life of pi.
0: Maybe this will help. F E on the periodic table is iron. Iron Man. There you go. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's keep moving on with bad plot descriptions. See if Tony can guess the movie that we're talking about. How about this one? The teenage girl buries a foot fetishist to escape her abusive family.
1: <laughs> These are tough, man. Teenage girl buries a foot fetish.
0: Fetishist to escape her abusive family.
1: I don't know. Doesn't the for good radio if you don't guess, ladies and gentlemen, but I, just, <laughs> can, I don't know.
0: You can come up with a joke guess, too. Uh, in this case, we're looking for Cinderella. Cinderella,
1: Cinderella, Cinderella, little super Cinderella. It's funny <laughs> when you say it, then it makes sense.
0: These are freaking tough, man. These are tough. And, you know, if you don't have the pictures to go with them, then uh, it makes it that much yeah. tougher. Yeah, but you what? help
1: with that. Once you said F.E. was iron, I was like, oh, Iron Man. Yep. yep. Oh, excuse me.
0: All right. Let's keep moving on. Bad plot descriptions. Tony, let's see if you can guess this one. Stylish black guy shows nerd how to spend less time online and get a girlfriend.
1: Oh, um, hit. that's uh, Hitch.
0: You are close, but no support. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. And maybe you can guess with this hint, uh, Will Smith, who was the star of Hitch, was supposed to star in this movie franchise, but backed out to star in Wild Wild West.
1: Oh, crap. What was that? Um... Dang it. I forget. I, I do, like, gonna, when you say it, i go, oh yeah, because that's what I do.
0: Stylish Black Guy Shows Nerd How to Spend Less Time Online and Get a Girlfriend, The Matrix.
1: Ah, yes. <laughs> I mean, would he have been as good as Keanu Reeves, though, now that we know what Keanu brought to it? Probably not. I don't but think. Wild Wild West was a bad idea, though. Woof. Yeah. The movie was pretty bad.
0: But Will Smith's uh, wife appeared in a couple of The Matrix movies. Yes, she did. Yep. All right, let's keep rolling on. We are talking bad plot descriptions. Tony, this one is again a play on words. So think about the words very carefully. The description: Driver Rex Ford. Ah, uh, Driver Rex
1: Ford. The thing that comes to mind is uh, Ford versus Ferrari. But uh, I'm gonna say Days of Thunder. No, but that was a Chevy. Uh,
0: nope. Think uh, actor names as an Adam Driver, Rex Harrison, Ford.
1: Oh, freaking uh, the Sky Rise the Sky, not Rise the Skywalker, but the Force Awakens. Exactly. Force Awakens. Yep. <laughs> Dang. See, the, the hint. So I think I need the extra push, the extra hint sometimes, but then I can get it. But gosh. The first thought was like a Ford car crash.
0: Yep, yep. And that's where, you know, they're having fun with those words. But let's move on with our bad plot descriptions. Here's one along the same lines as the last one. I'm sure you'll figure out this one. A cowboy and his dog and two teens blow up their asthmatic father's office.
1: (laughs) Uh um, that would be Star well, the help the breathing it's uh, going to be Star Wars.
0: And uh which episode?
1: Oh, which one do they blow up? Uh probably the M- the Empire's er sorry, Return of the Jedi. Uh,
0: you can uh Return of the Jedi, but uh actually or we'll- A New Hope. A New Hope.
1: <laughs> okay, well that's the one I I just called that one Star Wars, but there I was like go. They only blew up the Death Star twice, but uh, New Hope was my original thought. The breathing <laughs> helped, but that is a good description of it.
0: All right. Well, let's keep rolling on. We're talking bad plot descriptions, seeing if Tony can guess the movie based on these terrible plot descriptions. But they're fun. This one, again, think very closely about the words and maybe the play on words in this one. The description, Tony, Guy's wife dies, so he gets high.
1: <laughs> so maybe, the wife...
0: little, maybe figurative
1: oh man I'm and trying to think of movies
0: the key is the beginning guy's wife dies so he gets high
1: um it's not John Wick is it I know the wife that's the girlfriend and the dog dies uh oh damn it I don't know Pixar's up. Oh, damn it. It's literally. <laughs> wife dies, gets on some balloons.
0: Yep. Gets high, figuratively. It's All son right. of a biscuit. Let's keep rolling on. Boy, we still have five minutes of this segment left, so uh, we're having fun. We're going to keep rolling. Let's just, just roll. Descriptions. Tony, this is your next one. You have yet to get one right. Luckily, uh, we're not playing for any uh, cash or prizes. No, geez. No,
1: this is <laughs> terrible. Yeah. It's
0: terrible. All right. Here's your bad plot description, Tony. Everyone tries the Ice Bucket Challenge.
1: Ice Age. It's Titanic, isn't
2: it?
0: It is Titanic. It's Titanic,
1: yeah. yeah. (laughs) You already played the want -want, once. I don't think that counts, but it's... You got uh, close.
0: That's the closest you've been so far, so... All right. Uh, Let's keep moving on. Bad plot descriptions, Tony. Let's see if you can guess. This one is... Very descriptive, and uh, may actually help you out quite a bit. A father is widowed when a serial killer cannibalizes his wife and most of his children. Months later, after losing his last disabled son due to a boating incident at sea, a mentally challenged woman is his only hope to finding him.
1: What? Oh, man.
0: And Think about the way the, most of these have gone, you know. It's, it's not literally what you're seeing, but it's takes on the way the words are worded.
1: Okay. Read that one one more time because that is super descriptive.
0: Yep. A father was widowed when a serial killer cannibalizes his wife and most of his children. Months later, after losing his last disabled son due to a boating incident at sea, a mentally challenged woman is his only hope to finding him. I emphasized a few words there to help you out, too.
1: too. Yeah, jeez, Louise! I, Mad Max Fury Road. I, I don't know. I'm not very good at this game.
0: Finding this Nemo, is- Tone. Finding Nemo. Yeah.
1: It makes sense.
0: <laughs> All right, let's keep rolling on. Bat plot description. Let's see if Tony can get at least one. Here's your next one, Tone. Man is forced to participate in the rescue of a hostage by the government that has turned his residence into a refugee camp.
1: Ah, hmm. uh, crap! Uh, I, again, I this is bad for radio because this is I'm not good at this at all. This is <laughs> this is this is all flipping tough to me. Um, Joking. Taken. I
0: award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Man is forced to participate in the rescue of a hostage by the government that has turned his residence into a refugee camp. Play the movie, yeah, play it. Shrek. It is Shrek.
1: Shrek. Yeah, <laughs> these are these are tough. No pictures, no nothing, man. This is not this is not my game.
0: It's not easy. It is not easy at all. All right, here's another one, and uh, you may have mentioned this movie already, but a creepy old man finally achieves his goal of being able to touch a 14-year-old boy.
1: Oh, no. Yikes, with stripes. Um, I probably did already say it, but I've said so many dumb movies, I don't know. Um, say it again.
0: A creepy old man finally achieves his goal of being able to touch a 14 year old boy.
1: Oh, I don't know. Um, taken. <laughs> I have no idea, man. I have no idea.
0: Harry Potter. The creepy old man is Voldemort. The
1: oh, there you boy, you go. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> there you go.
0: All right, and then finally, let's make this one our last one. Older sister ruins younger sister's chances of appearing on television.
1: Popular movie, older sister ruins younger sister's plans. It's not Cinderella. We've already done that.
0: Not plans, but
1: chances
0: of appearing on television.
1: True everything.
0: Think older uh, sister, think younger sister, think big spectacle TV.
1: Got nothing for you, buddy. Sorry.
0: Oh <laughs> Hunger Games, Tony. We were looking for Hunger Games. If you were playing for Gash and Prizes Fuck, I have wouldn't have won.
1: I'm <laughs> <you've laughs> dropping that pump for you. <laughs> Sorry that. Uh, that's it it happened. Well, folks, dude. that
0: does it for this first hour of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Go ahead and enjoy your long break. About seven minutes. Listen to the news, grab some tea, use a potty break, or just yell at Tony in the comment section. Potty mouth,
1: yeah. That's <laughs> not, but, not my game. I would prefer never to play that again.
0: Exactly. That does it, folks. Uh, we will see you uh, after the break.
1: Seven. goes
2: the last <laughs> yes. Gentlemen, I wash my hands of this weirdness.
0: Welcome back, folks, to the second hour of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is March 19th, it's a Friday
1: um boy March did you did you have a brain fart march 19th it's friday we're back from the long seven minute break
0: had a total brain fart. Break,
1: just shut down that's that's a first usually that's me that does that
0: it's funny i've got a bunch of things going on and usually i'm pretty good at juggling those but for whatever reason can't that's
1: all right man well did you have what a good I- seven
0: minute break I did. And what I meant to say okay. is we're your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Okay. I'm still joined by my co-host, Tony Shriver. Shriver
1: trying- Drive.
0: We're trying out some uh, stage names for Tony. Yes. We had Tony. So
1: far this week, it, yeah.
0: I was going to say, we had Tony Savage, Tony Spark, and now Tony Shriver. Trying them on. Okay. To what
1: words. Yesterday was the spark of life. The day before, it was the Savage. Today, it's the Shriver, a little homage to the street I grew up on. Uh, just kind of said, oh, I am Tony Shriver. Today, <laughs> I'm Tony Shriver with the news.
0: A little bit easier to spell than San Filippo. And yeah. Yeah, we'll be getting him his own uh, public Facebook page that uh, people can follow. Oh, yeah. so Let us him.
1: know what you think. Did you like so far this week? Did you like Savage? Did you like Spark? Did you like Shriver? We'll try Thanks. him on. Um I know we've put out the poll if you've been my friends but yeah uh, but Phoenix fans this is your opportunity like if you're not my actual Facebook friend to let us know below There you go
0: and this is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, on our topic of the day. Now, we won't be continuing on into the next segment because G Man's awesome. going to be joining us with the NCAA March Madness. No goofball
1: radio stuff today. No asking uh, if you know the behind the scenes of the Bible like yesterday's episode. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. no stereo roulette today. It is, uh, <laughs> you know. Just us, for the most part. What we're talking about today are proud pet parent moments. And we're not talking about a time that you were truly proud of your pet. We're talking about a time that your dog, cat, lizard, bird, whatever it did, did something ridiculous or hilarious to make you a quote-unquote proud pet parent. Now, Tony, I know you've got one that you wanted to share. Why don't you go ahead and get into it?
1: Yeah, so back when I was married, we had um, this dog. It was a a mix of a... he was a mutt. I don't really know what kind of dog he was. He was like a brown terrier, some other mix. His name was Jedi. He's not the brightest dog. I really liked him. He was picture Santa's little helper from The Simpsons. That was yeah. it's pretty much the best way to describe Jedi. Well, we went up to uh, uh, my father, ex-father-in-law's cabin um, that he was working for up in Aspen. And we went up there and uh, Jedi... We're fishing off in this private lake, which was just awesome, man. We're hitting fish like crazy because no one else is fishing it. And at Jedi, the dog, the dog, he's just like all happy on the, little, on the little dock. And you know how most dogs stop. They, they're aware of their surroundings. They, they're either right. going to jump full blown into the water, something. Nope, this klutz. He just walks. Boom. He like stumbles over his feet right into the water. Poor guy stumbles right into the cold lake and he's like he like instead of dog paddling too he like pops up like a popsicle or popsicle in this one. He's like it's like, oh boy, that's my dog. That's that's Jedi. Should have probably not bestowed the Jedi name upon him. Maybe Santa's little helper would have been better fitting. But that is my proud parent pet moment. Ah, what a he was cute, but he was he was a D D for sure.
0: And it's one of those moments you wish that you were able to record everything that happened at all times. Because there was oh, no way of knowing it would have happened, but it would have gone viral if you were able to capture it. But unfortunately, oh, it doesn't absolutely. go that way. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I know Cass and I had laugh for days. And then uh, Henry, my ex-father-in-law, he's like, that dog is stupid. He just <laughs> kept saying how stupid he was. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, a couple minutes left in the segment uh, i know you reached out to a number of our usual phoenix fans and got a, a little bit of response uh is as far as the proud pet parent moments go go ahead and read those off as well
1: uh jamie anna didn't uh she chimed in didn't have really any pets but her and her sister had lizards um and they used to like they would just put them on their ears and stuff and they they felt kind of proud, but she didn't really have any too many good stories because they weren't allowed to have pets for whatever okay. reason. So can't really go too much like DT moments like Santa's Little Helper. Um, uh, Mike he walks in the room every day and he tells his cats how effing stupid they are because <laughs> you know, just that's how he is. He's like he's not proud of them. They're just stupid, and uh, I'm not going to disagree with them. They're not the brightest cats in the world. They're nice. <laughs> but not the brightest. Yeah. And to be fair, sorry, Friday, sorry, Friday. I know you love, it's not, yeah. I'm,
0: I'm not much of a cat person to begin with. I think most of them are assholes anyway, but, uh, I love dogs. I love my dogs. Uh, but just to close out the segment, we have Goliath, who came to us, you know, through the
1: rescue.
0: Exactly. He's a little bit older. <laughs> He's a school <smooth laughs> kitty who is uh, about as dote to dote as a <it> gets. <laughs> Needless to say, what we need to do with him is we need to make sure that uh, the poop in the backyard is picked up because he doesn't pay attention to where he steps, and there are oh, days no. we just track giant piles in with him. Ah. Uh, the joys of being a proud pet parent well folks that does it for the interactive portion of the show when we come back g-man's going to be joining us we're talking she 10- is back march madness don't go anywhere we'll be right back Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash media radio. Now, back to the show. And yeah, we are back, folks, but uh, if you are watching us, you're not seeing Tony's usual face. You're actually seeing the G-Man, who has joined us for another edition of the G-Man's matchups. You know, we talked football when football season was going on, but of course, now we're getting into NCAA March Madness. <music> So with that being said, G-Man's here to walk us through uh, betting, the brackets, NCAA, March Madness. Uh, They went from 64 teams to 68 teams. But uh, real quick, G-Man, give people a breakdown on how betting on uh, the March Madness, the bracket works, uh, at least here in northern Nevada.
2: Well, of course, you know, the brackets are anybody that, um, you know, needs, knows anything about it knows that there's a, a seeding, you know, as in any tournament. You know, you have your one through 16 uh, ranked teams in four different regions. And, uh, of course, it's not just who wins or loses the game, you know, but they'll have uh, the points spreads on who, which team's going to win uh, by as so many points. And of course, there are totals, uh, you know, that are uh, the two teams combined scores and you can bet over or under. And then, of course, money line, you know, which is who's going to win the game. So um, that one, if you're after the favorite, you know what I mean? You, if on a money line bet, you don't get as much of a return. If somebody's like a, you know, say two to one favorite, you're going to get one for two on your money. And, uh, you know, the team that's the underdog, you know, you'll be able to double your money. That's where the risk is. And so most people gravitate, you know, towards the points because it's closer. You know, they'll, the casinos always keep a little vague, um, you know. But, uh, again, that's one of the reasons why I like uh, the in-play because you can get, you know, even money, minus 105, plus money on point spreads, you know, that you can't get uh, before the game, before tip-off. You know, so we can talk about that a little bit later.
0: Exactly. And now a lot of people, you know, they make their picks based on, you know, what team's mascot would be the other team's mascot or team colors, which ones they like more. My guess is the way you make your picks is a little bit more educated. If you don't mind uh, walking people through how you go through each matchup and figure out uh, who you're going to bet on and how you set that line.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that, you know, there's a couple of different approaches to betting. You know, one is purely analytical, and then the one you spoke of, you know what I mean, just like mascots, or this is my team, I always bet on them. And, you know, I think it's a combination of of both, you know. I mean, over the years, I've been doing this for, God, 30 years now. And, uh, you know, there's a combination of kind of like the eye test and – you know what I mean? A little bit of knowing, you know, the records, you know, how strong is the conference, you know, where they're from. So there's, there's a bunch of different things that go into it, but at the end of the day, it's still an educated guess, you know? Um, And, and that's why, again, you know, the, the, uh, the, the breakdown and the analytics before the game starts and stuff like that, you know, it's all fun. And, and, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice, you know, but, you know, with the, uh, the, the in play, you know, you get a, the best of those worlds where you go into kind of say a, a predisposition, just like, you know, if I had to bet before I tip off, I'm going to bet this. But then you can kind of watch the game and see the way that things unfold and also gather information. I don't know how many times where, you know, you the, you know, kickoff or whatever happens. And then the announcer announces some information that nobody came up with before the game and you didn't come across it with any of your reading or any of the pundits that talk about it and just like, man, if I would have known that before the game, I would I would have bet the other way. Right. You know, so there's a little bit, um, you know, there's just so much, you know, logic. Um, I, I wouldn't say, you know, probably for the new person, uh, you know, unfortunately, I guess you do have to go through kind of like your learning curve, you know, so I wouldn't necessarily just say, Hey, go right into in play, however much fun it may be. You kind of got to, you know, kind of, you know, almost take some losses and some failures, you know what I mean? So then you kind of think about, oh, you know, I, you know, I didn't know this or I didn't factor this in. And, um, you know, so, uh, William Hill definitely down, download that app, you know, for March madness. Um, cause sometimes too, you know, it's not just middles that you can get, but you know, there's some times where like right away you're just like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't have made that bet. You know, if I would have known this information and you can, you know, get your money back, Um, now don't get middled, you know, yourself, you know, you wouldn't want to say, you know, take a a team, you know, minus three and a half, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're getting, uh, you know, points, you know, there's a middle at the casino, you could lose both bets and you're just like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> Again, I don't know. I just may have learned that through experience, you know. <laughs> well, and that's the joy about the NCAA March
0: Madness is it can be everything from just a, a casual office pool to, uh, you know, before tip off betting to what you're doing. You're hunkering down at the pepper mill starting. Uh, well, when this show airs, it'll be Friday. So you'll already be there and you're there for every game for the in play. And I mean, you're you're hitting it hard.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we literally are living there. We are going to take a little bit of time out uh, Saturday night, uh, you know, probably the last uh, game. We'll make our bets and then we'll head off over to Victorian Square and Sparks, you know. But uh, outside of that, yeah, we have everything that we need. We have a suite, you know, all the all the food, you know, that we, uh, you know, the restaurants and everything. The Peppermill does a great job. And so, yeah, we are uh, totally, we have like three or four screens going, you know, at the same time. Uh, if anything uh, goes wrong, you know, we'll have our laptops there that we'll be able to tune in, you know, so, so <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, five day run. Very
0: cool. Now I know Warren Buffett does a bracket every year, basically says he'll give away a million dollars to whoever perfectly bets the brackets. I don't think anybody's ever won it. Do you know, is he still doing that again this year?
2: I'm sure that he is, but I, you know, things like that, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's why they call it madness. It's really what, you know, I mean, it, it, that explains it right there. You know, he doesn't have to worry about paying out this money. You right. know? And of course, if he does, you know, he's going to be able to expense it somehow. I'm sure, you know, that guy knows how to do it.
0: Yeah, and And it's nearly impossible to perfectly pick all of the brackets down to the winner. So uh, it's a great promotional tool for them, nonetheless. Now, real quick, wanted to talk about, uh, you know, the March Madness used to start with 64 teams. In recent years, they bumped that up to 68. And we're going to see the first four, which is the first four matchups here, um, which as of the airing of this, they will have already played. Um, When did they start doing that? And uh, any reason why?
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, the reason why was because they're just it started getting to the point to where there was debate about which teams, you know, that were on the bubble, um, you know, that should have gotten in that didn't. And then I'm sure probably the executives got together and said, hey, you know, why don't we start a couple of days early, you know, and let the teams play in, you know, to that 16th spot. You know, and the, they're not all, at, there's one that uh, they're playing in uh, USC. So they're playing one or if not two at the 11 spot. No, just that one. And then all the others, they get to, they get to basically play in and get slaughtered by the number yeah. one seed. That's pretty much what happens, you know, but, um, but I think, you know, it's just, you know, kind of revenue ratings, money, and things like that, you know, get a couple more teams, you know, included. Um It's kind of interesting because I think there's what, there's like 112 uh, total teams or something like that. Yeah. So you're you're
0: basically taking about half of that and putting them in the tournament.
2: Yeah. You know, and the kids, of course they work hard all year long. You know, they it's, it's nice to get some national attention, you know, because especially at these smaller conferences, you know what I mean? They're not getting any kind of ESPN broadcast or anything like that, like the bigger, uh, bigger schools Mm -hmm. and at large schools. And so, Um, It's fun, you know, especially, like I said, you know, those I can't tell you, you know, just all over the years, how many times where, you know, you see things unfold, especially since this in play started, you know, and just like, holy moly, these guys were 16 point underdogs before the game. And they just come out swinging, you know, and then the big, big guys down 14 points, you know what I mean? And although it's early. And most of the time, you know what I mean, like I was telling you, uh, you know, they, they do come back, they whittle away. But, man, you know, sometimes, I mean, there's just been some classic, classic uh, games where, you know, once it gets to that five-minute mark and say that underdog team is still up five to eight points, you know, you're like, whoa, they're really going to do it, you know. And there's just, there's nothing like seeing the joy, you know, in, in somebody that, that accomplished something that nobody thought that they were going to do, um, wow. except for the teams in the, in the locker room. Exactly. And so it's, it's, just, it's just a lot of fun. It's a great yeah. spectator.
0: Yeah, exhilarating to watch. Now, we've got a couple minutes before we go to our first break. Wanted to break down a couple of the matchups, at least here in the first round. Um, yeah. If you, you could give us our first east-west left side of the bracket matchup, uh, break it down a little bit, and then we'll head to break, come back, and break down some more for you guys.
2: Did you want to go through these first four games that I have picked, or did you want to start doing a bracket? Let's take a look at the bracket because the
0: first four will have already been played by the time this airs.
2: Okay. So let's do the one that's the easiest for me. Okay. So uh, the East bracket, um, you know, uh, my, my favorite, here we go. Uh, Half, half of the thing, emotion, half of it analytics, right? So this is an emotional thing, uh, thing, but at the same time, they're really good. You know, uh, number one seed, Michigan, you know, my boys in blue, Um, you know, as I look down here, I think that the, you know, this. I think St. Bonnie's going to upset, you know, LSU, not really a big upset, it's eight versus nine. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, as we look at this 12 versus five, you know, Colorado, this is their highest ranking in the tournament in school history. Yeah. So that, you know, they're really good, but it also comes with a little bit of extra weight you know what I mean? Kind of like when you come into that kind of record-setting thing, and there you are, a twelve versus a five. And this yeah. is Georgetown, you know, a, you know, team with a lot of rich history. You got Patrick Big Ewing; man. he's been through a few battles. Um, you got this team that just got in. You know, I think they're like thirteen and twelve, you know, or something like that. But again, the 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 type of uh, teams that these guys are playing year in and year out. You know what I mean? You still look at a fifty-minute mark or a, a five hundred mark. And they're, you know, they can, they could be that 12 that upsets the five that's been going on, you know, for over a decade. And then uh, Michigan State, um, I think that they're going to beat UCLA. I think the strength of their conference, you know, is kind of like what I I weighed in there. And then uh, they're going to meet up against Texas, who should be able to handle Abilene Christian. I got UConn, number seven. There's always a weird thing with the seven versus ten. A lot of times the ten does upset the seven. And I do have some of those picked. But but and then that finishes off with Alabama. Perfect. You know, yeah. So let's, let's head into the break. When we come yeah. back, we will
0: talk uh, more about a, a couple specific games, what your bets are, and uh, we'll close it out so that way we can kick off March Madness. Folks, stay tuned. We will be right back. <laughs> Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Phoenix Media Radio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, and we're smack dab in the middle of the G Man's matchups where we are talking about the NCAA March Madness tournament. I got a little soundbite for that. So before the break, we talked about how betting works, how you make your picks, run down some of the matchups in this segment. What I'd like to do is pick out uh, a couple specific first round games and see how you match those up, where you put the line and uh, how you put your bets.
2: Okay. Well, um, as I, as I mentioned, you know, the first thing that I, I, when I get my bracket, the first thing that I circle is the 12s versus the fives, right? That's the first thing. So each one of those brackets in the West, you have uh, the the, um, the Santa Barbara's Those are Gauchos or the Anteaters? It's Irvine. No, or I think it's the Gauchos, right? Uh, Santa Barbara Gauchos. Yeah, um, Irvine playing. is the Anteaters. They are the Anteaters? Irvine is. Oh, Irvine, yeah. yeah. And uh, so they're playing Creighton. And Creighton, you look at that's twenty and eight, okay. But it, it, like you know, I've gotten information that they've really, really the last few games they've just stumbled and they're not uh, not the same team. You know what I mean? That the record would indicate. And UC Santa Barbara comes in twenty two and four. So I'm not saying that they're going to they're going to I'm not saying they're going to beat Creighton, um, although I wouldn't be surprised. You know, but they, I'm going to take the points. Um, you know, and uh, where are they? Uh, points on that is uh, seven points. You know, so I'm taking the points and that also, you know, for a 12 versus five, you know what I mean? That's seven points. Look at that. I mean, that's not really that that many points. And so it just goes to show you that the people that are making those numbers uh, are giving those guys respect. So that's definitely one. Um, the other 12 versus five. We already talked about that You know, with Georgetown. It's only five points that uh, that they are um, favored, that Colorado is favored. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I think that George has, has a really, really good chance of winning this game. I'll probably have a little money like bet on that. Um, the other 12 to five and, uh, 12 and five in the South. Now here's the thing that of all the, the fives, I think that this one, you know, has the biggest chance of actually happening, even though I just covered those first two and that's Winthrop against Villanova. Right. I've watched Villanova this year. They are not the same Villanova that has been winning national championships. You know, I mean, say for the last four or five years, I mean, they've just been like right. number one, top 10 and stuff like that. They're, they're not the same team. Winthrop is 23 and one. They are not going to be intimidated by these guys. And they're, I'm, um, I'm so, I mean, that is actually out of these, all the 12 versus fives. I, that is the, like the top pick. I actually have them making it to the sweet 16, um, and, and beating Wisconsin, um, to, I'm sorry. No, beating Purdue, you know, okay. to uh, to get to Baylor and then faltering against Baylor, and then the last 12-5 is Oregon State versus Tennessee. Tennessee's a really really good team that has been playing well. I don't feel comfortable saying that that um, uh, Oregon State is going to beat them. Um, but again, I'll I'll probably again be waiting for a number to to bang on the in play with Oregon state just because of that 12 versus five thing. And so those are like right off the top, you know what I mean? The four uh, bets that I, that I, eye when the bracket come down. Okay. Now where
0: do you look at it when it's uh, one versus 16, you know, you you've got that huge disparity between, you know, the number one seed and the last seed. Uh, do you always give it to the number one or do you see maybe a, a last seed stepping up a little bit?
2: Yeah most of the time most of the time the number ones do they come out and they just they they blow the guys away. Um most of the time not always there's there was fine can uh Virginia I think a few years ago was the first number one uh seed that lost to a number 16 uh finally it finally happened i felt sorry you know for those guys actually (laughs) you know uh they uh that's that's that was quite a blow but most of the time yeah they get they get banged you know what i mean the number one seeds uh you know they're they're ready to you know go out there and um you know go out there and, and kill them You know, for the most part, because if you get to that, again, that lead, you know, uh, you're from a coach standpoint, you get to rest your players, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, again, you just don't want to take any, any, any chance, you know, of somebody coming in and thinking that they have a chance with you. So they come out, you know, full throttle and normally, normally tank these guys.
0: Now, in this first round, is there a matchup that you're really excited to watch just as a spectator? For all betting aside, you know, you're just really excited about these two teams matching up. You think it's going to be a good game down to the wire. Anything that pops out for you?
2: Man, you're really putting a, a monkey wrench because I am all, always with this thing coming it's, tro- it's totally a, an evaluation, you know. Um, you know, actually, there is one right there. So, uh, number eight against the number nine, North Carolina against Wisconsin. Okay. You know that I'm not a, a Tar Heels fan, but of course I uh, respect you know Roy Williams. I mean, what he's done. I mean, he's you know he's on the the Mount Rushmore of college coaches. You know for sure. And again, I mean a similar a similar record uh, right there. Uh, North Carolina last year was like atrocious, but you can see their improvement this year. Mm-hmm. And Wisconsin again coming out of that Big Ten, um, that is just that is just a massive gauntlet you know, that each one of the teams, you know, have gone through. And, uh, you know, I just think that uh, I think North Carolina is like favored by two points or something like that. One point. Yeah. So wow. again, it's so close, but I think the strength of the, the big 10 conference and, and the teams that Wisconsin has had to uh, play this year in conference play is actually going to um, help propel them, you know, past those guys. And they're a little bit, You know, it seems like they're a little bit uh, scrappy, scrappier North Carolina. And, you know, the guys in the ACC, you know, they're just such amazing athletes, you know, top to bottom. And I think they rely, you know, on that athleticism a little bit too much, you know, and they take some shots and try some things that they shouldn't try. And then a team like uh, Wisconsin, they're a little bit more disciplined, a little bit more scrappy. And I think that that in the end is probably what's going to help them get past North Carolina. Definitely.
0: Yeah, that should be a fun one to watch. And then finally, you know, you always hear about the Cinderella story. You know, there's one team that could come out of nowhere to win it all. If you had to pick one team that could potentially be that Cinderella story to win it all, who would you pick?
2: Man, I tell you what, I mean, uh, Cinderella only uh, dances so long in this tournament, you know, to tell you the truth. I mean, there uh, I don't think I don't think that there's been any team that has been, um, like, uh, higher than, like, a number eight seed or something like that uh, to win the tournament. I mean, we're talking about, like, maybe back in the days of, like, Western Kentucky, when they were, like, the first all-black, you know, team to play in the tournament or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that you can count on, especially once you get to the final four. You know, so, so, you know, my Cinderella criteria, you know, would probably be somebody that, again, like, (laughs) in the first – Uh, around to get to the sweet 16 the cinderellas change you know they change trs you know they they hand it off so um that being said i think you know if i if i gauged uh you know the top four admittedly i don't think that there's i think this year there's going to be three ones and a number two that get to the final four you know so i would be disingenuous you know what i mean if i if i you know kind of came up but as i look at the say the final 16 you know, a team that uh, I think may surprise people, Syracuse. Interesting, okay, right? I mean, you got you got uh, those guys again have played uh, you know much better than the record indicates. Mm-hmm. You know, sixteen and nine, so that record would reflect you know the Cinderella tiara and uh, sixteen and nine. And you got uh, you know, uh, Boeheim, uh, you know as the coach. You know, he's been through a few dances. And, uh, you know, that zone defense that they play, that they're famous for, is no joke. You know, so I actually have a Syracuse meeting uh, Illinois in the uh, final eight, you know, so that that would qualify, I guess, out of everybody, possibly even uh, Florida State, you know, because I have them upsetting uh, Michigan to play Alabama and, and succumb to Alabama in the uh, in the final eight. You know, so I would say those two teams, Syracuse or or, uh, Florida State.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, we'll have you on next week to sort of uh, see how the weekend went, see how the next rounds look. Uh, With the last 30 seconds left here, G-Man, tell people how they can find you. And of course, you're doing a live show with Seedless Tendency this weekend, which is super exciting.
2: Yeah, we are fired up, uh, you know, big weekend, you know, the brothers in the March Madness, you know, they've always said, are you playing this weekend? And I was like, no, man, we're watching basketball, you know, but uh, they finally talked me into it. So we're going to be in Victorian Square Saturday night. Uh, show starts at 830. We go on at about 930. But uh, Kyle, Kyle Archuleta is opening up a set and a free show, you know, so that's good. You know, we don't do off uh, very many free shows, you know, these days. So that's kind of nice. Um, but anyway, yeah, come on down, have, have some drinks. Let's celebrate, you know, things starting to open back up. Um, of course, uh, everybody bring their mask, uh, you know, be safe. And, uh, you know, yeah, hopefully we see you guys uh, there. And if not, then we will talk to you guys next week. Perfect. G Man, we
0: always appreciate you coming on. Of course, you will be back next week. And if you guys want anything G Man, of course, we'll post it up on our Facebook page as well. With that being said, we are headed into the final segment of the show. It is time for This Day in History. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. See you. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash radio. Now back to the show. Well, we did it, folks. We made it to not only the last segment of the show, it's the last segment of the week. Before we head into the weekend, now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Dozer, Dozer,
1: Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? No. I didn't have a soundbite today. Eh,
0: it's alright. It happens. Yeah. In the meantime,
1: did all, damn it,
0: though, you, you doomed us. But while you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way, you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think, and tell your friends. Because why, Tony?
1: Sharing is caring.
0: Sharing is caring. And as we like to do at the final segment of each show, we like to drop a little knowledge on you. Hopefully, make you laugh at the same time. It is time for this day in history. In the for the stories that turned the world on its head. This day in
1: history, with your correspondent on the team. Christian
0: Phoenix. Much appreciated, Siri. All right, uh, let's go ahead and kick things off with this day in 1831. The very first U.S. bank robbery at the Citibank in New York is robbed of $245,000. I did a little conversion by today's money. That would have been $7.4 million.
1: Holy cow. They uh, they made out uh, with a, quite a bit of uh, coin there, huh? That's one of those
0: uh, where it helps to be the first. You know, I often say I wouldn't want to be the first person to do a certain voyage or walk in space. But if you're the first bank robber, they have no way of knowing otherwise that bank robbery is actually a thing. Yeah, they made out pretty well, I think. Made <laughs> in. All right, moving on to this date in 1937. Pope Pius XI publishes the encyclical Divini Repentoris against communism. So apparently uh, the church at that time uh, had their thoughts about communism, uh, you know, just as World War II was getting started.
1: I thought you said Pope Papius, and then I thought of the band Ghost BC. I <laughs> randomly just got distracted there, but when you said Pope. <laughs>
0: I'm going to do something now that uh, we don't do often. I'm actually going to go backwards in time a little bit. We like to move forward. But as I was scrolling down, I actually noticed this one, that uh, this day in 1931, Nevada legalizes gambling. Obviously, our home state. And, Super uh, state! Is a huge draw, obviously, to uh, why people come visit. And, uh, you yeah, know, we got some great casinos around here.
1: And that's where you get the Shriver from, Tony Shriver. Yep, Carson City, Nevada.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on this day in 1942, Franklin D. Roosevelt orders men between 45 and 64 to register for non military duty. Tony, we're not quite to that 45 age. <sighs> Uh, stage yet um, you know i i would be disqualified for military service anyway because of my medical conditions but could you imagine being 63 64 years old and being called to uh, essentially serve but not in active combat
1: no I wouldn't have liked that uh, not in that age um, this is something i would have been okay with in my early 30s when I went through the split that wouldn't have been a bad deal uh, but 45 to 60, that's quite, that's, yeah, I would say no. You've kind of done your, you know, earlier, yep. sure, but later, nah.
0: Yeah, hopefully we'll never have to see that. But I so.
1: hope not. I'm knocking on wood it right now.
0: Let's move on. This day in 1943 in their third match, Jake LaMotta finally defeats Jimmy Reeves by knocking him out in the sixth round.
1: Finally! Finally, Jimmy, I knocked you the F out. It only took me three times to beat your ass in the six round, you day.
0: And it's funny because they always show this picture of Jake LaMotta well into his probably 90s. Yeah. and uh, obviously I'm Jake
1: for- LaMotta, and America, let's do lunch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good poll, Tone. Good Good poll. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> moving on. This day in nineteen forty-seven, only because these are just fun names to say. Generalissimo Chiang Kai-shek conqu- conquers Jinan. <laughs> Not saying I would be good at saying them; they're just fun to say. Yeah.
1: Generalissimo Chiang Kai-shek he conquered Jinan. And then <laughs> other news. What the hell did you just say?
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of lot of hard words to say, but still fun to yeah, say. Definitely. <laughs> All right. This day in 1955, the 17th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship. We were just talking to G-Man about that. San Francisco beats LaSalle 77 to 63. Don's future Hall of Fame center, Bill Russell, is named tournament most outstanding player. Um, you know, I'm glad March they May- changed
1: outstanding to valuable, right? Yeah. You go know from the M- MVP versus MOP. You're the MOP. No, you're the MVP. <laughs> hey,
0: in uh, um, Patrick Mahomes' case, he could be the mop.
1: The mop, the most outstanding player, Bill Russell.
0: You've seen that mop on his head. All yeah. right, let's keep rolling hey, on.
1: Hey, hey, I just don't let this go easy, you know. Brittany likes it. We just had a baby. I just played in my second Super Bowl. Don't, don't be, uh, don't be hating on the mop here, right? Eh? <laughs> yeah, I'm Patrick Mahomes here.
0: Uh, Let's keep moving on this day in 1958. Britain's first planetarium opens at Madame Tussauds in London. Um, Were they doing wax creations at that time? And were they just as freaky as they are now?
1: Probably, yes. And all I have to say is planetarium. Space is neat. <laughs> I like. It. Oh, moving on.
0: This day in 1964, I like it. shaken not stirred. Shaken, uh, sh- shaken Connery. Oh,
1: shake it, shake it. You can tell Sean it, but... Connery, huh?
0: It's Sean Connery's first day of Sean shooting Connery. on the James Bond film Goldfinger.
1: Ah, uh, it would have been great if he could have done a cameo in Gold Member. I like gold. What about you, Sean Connery? I like he- it shaken not stirred.
0: You would have been quite (laughs) old at that point.
1: Yeah, would have been great.
0: All right, uh, moving on. Isn't that weird? weird? (laughs) This day in nineteen eighty-one, the Emmys' eighth daytime awards, where Susan Lucci loses for the second time. I think uh, she lost what, like thirteen?
1: Oh man, she lost. I think she finally won one down the line, but. Susan Lucci played Erica Kane on all my children. That was my mom's favorite soap opera. And actually she liked Erica Kane. That's, that's why I know so much about the Susan Lucci. Oh, other, other, other other than how much she lost. Uh, let's see. Susan Lucci all time was a, who knows? We'll read the <laughs> next one and I'll get you the info. All
0: right. Well, same day in 1981. Um, Probably bigger losers than Susan Lucci. Two workers are killed in the Space Shuttle Columbia accident. Ooh. ouch! Yeah, losers, oh. are losers, but they lost their
1: lives. Uh, so during her run on All My Children, she was nominated 21 times for Outstanding Lead Actress, and she only won once. Oof. one time, one, in, one. She's the one in 21.
0: <laughs> All right, let's keep moving on this day. In 1985, Spin Magazine begins publishing. Uh, did you pick up many of the Spin Magazine's tone?
1: No, I was not a big fan of them.
0: I was more a fan of like Hit Parader or uh, metal-, metal
1: Edge. Yeah. Metal Edge, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a uh, revolver. I got into revolver later. There you go. Uh, yeah. I was more, obviously, more into the metal hard rock than Spin was more hip hop and urban life. So. All right. Not that I'm not against it. I just I just wasn't into it.
0: Exactly. Moving on this day in 1987, American televangelist Jim Baker resigns amid rape accusations by his secretary, Jessica
1: Hahn. Mm, yeah. I didn't know much about that other than he was uh, with Tammy, Tammy Faye, right? If that right. was their yep. thing. I just remember seeing a Jessica Hahn playboy when I was a kid and she had big bazingas.
0: Yeah, and back when uh, cancel culture, you know, amid rape allegations, that's something to take a little more seriously than uh, Pepe Le Pew.
1: Absolutely. Bazinga. But yeah, I just remember seeing that playboy for some reason. (laughs) All right, let's
0: move on this day in 1991. This is something I had no idea happened, but uh, NFL owners stripped Phoenix of the 1993 Super Bowl game due to Arizona not recognizing Martin Luther King Day. Do you have any idea that that happened?
1: Had no idea. Actually, <clears throat> I'm assuming at first I was thinking, well, how'd they take the game away from the Cardinals? They didn't make the Super Bowl. They were really a bad team back then. Um, but it's the city of Phoenix that obviously they didn't they didn't get it. They didn't so. get
0: to host the yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, and then finally, in this day in history, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. This day in 1995, Michael Jordan rejoins the Chicago Bulls after 17 months of retirement. Immediately beats the Pacers because, well, he's Michael Jordan.
1: Yes. So I got that wrong yesterday. I thought he joined the Washington Wizards when he came back. I didn't realize this was the time he came back to the Bulls. And then obviously they went on to – he'd go play for three, two more years, two more years, and then uh, win the championship. Then he'd retire again, come back as a Washington Wizard.
0: Yeah, it's hard to keep track of all those retirements. But with that being said, let's go ahead and take you guys out with some of today's holidays. Where we like to talk about the things that uh, we celebrate. So a lot to run down, so we'll get through them as quickly as possible. It is Certified Nurses Day. It is Clients Day. It is Let's... Hello, Nurse. It is National Backyard Day. It is Red Nose Day. It is National Chocolate Caramel Day. That sounds good. It is mm-hmm. National Preschool Teachers Appreciation Day. It is World Sleep Day. And Tony, this one's for you. It is National Cock Day. I'm talking you about call,
1: the poetry. You call me a cock? Cock <laughs> <laughs> a doodle doo
0: Folks, that does it for this week of shows. Now, uh, just as a quick reminder, we will be running a best of on Monday. I'll be traveling back from Southern California. So we will California. Brand new show on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend, folks. And in the meantime, have a great weekend.
1: Peace.